if you're the toughest, smartest person in any particular room, you are in the wrong room. So we got Adam Glick, who did a great job, got great feedback. Chad listened to the podcast twice. He loved your content. Adam Glick, uh, reporter for Sports Illustrated, a couple of uh, sports binning uh, outlets out there. But his goal, he's been listening to me for six years, knows about inflation, graduate from the University of Texas. He understands you can never have enough money. When you get married, you give your wife an unlimited budget. And what she, what, does, what does she do? She goes over it. <laughs> so when you're watching football, you have a kid, you're nursing the kid, you're watching football to justify the time that you're watching football. You have to be making money and buying her Louis Vuitton purses, Adam. So thank you for helping me make money. Of course. Uh, first with the Conference USA, now the Big 12, which is soon to be the Big 24 or the Big 50 or whatever. <laughs> Where are your first uh, thoughts getting into the Big 12? Uh, I mean, man, this is going to be exciting. First year with all these new teams in the conference. As we know, with all the recent developments within the Pac-12, getting some of those teams like Arizona, Arizona right. State's gonna be crazy so this is really the last year just of what we have right now but there's gonna be constant movement in this conference who knows what's to come but the biggest players obviously texas and oklahoma when it comes to college football it is their last hurrah in this conference and they are going to be incredible environments when both of these teams hit the road in the big for the last time it's gonna be an incredible sight to watch week in and week out. You have to tune in if you're just a college football fan in general. Right. When Oklahoma, you know, I, I don't I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me, but anytime they yeah. hit the road, Texas, I know, when they go on the road to face some of these really talented teams, like these environments are just going to be out of control because these fan bases obviously hate Texas and Oklahoma for what they are, and especially since they are leaving the conference, both teams are supposed to be improved from last year. So that's going to make it another element, uh, you know, to improve the conference perception overall. It's just, I cannot wait personally uh, for the big 12 to get started. A few of Texas, because I'm a Texas fan, as you know, graduating right. from there, when they go to Waco only an hour away from Austin, that's oh, going to be crazy TCU and Fort Worth. They go to no. Iowa State, always a great environment. I'm just I just can't wait for all of these games. Um, but I will say, and I'm not a homer, I'm not biased. I do right. think we'll get into it. My Longhorns are gonna win the Big 12 in their final year. Uh I'm rooting for them, right? So you have to separate <laughs> your emotion from reality, right? Yes. As much as we think we're smart and we make picks, we do not make picks. We Especially, you know, college graduate from uh, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a wealth manager. I graduated from uh, USF. I'm a wealth manager. And my clients pay me to go where the evidence leads, not, not to be making decisions, not to be biased. Go where the evidence is because reality is reality. It's not what we hope it is, right? So both... Adam and I are hoping Texas wins the Big 12. Now, there's evidence 
uh, unbiased evidence that they they are going to do so. And one of uh, the big factors is that salesmen think short term, business people think long term. So you got to think coaches uh, recruiting in two year cycles. You got to think that Brent Venables and Sarkeesian. Now Sarkeesian has a huge advantage, right? Sarkeesian coached won national titles with Pete Carroll. Then he goes and uh, wins national titles with Nick Saban at Alabama. See, he understands SEC recruiting. So he's recruiting now for the SEC, right, versus recruiting for the Big 12 versus bigger guys, you know, especially in the trenches. Uh, he has an unlimited budget, right? Whatever he has for, mm-hmm. he, he's got a huge salary, right, $7, 8000000 million. And on top of that, he can pay, he can overpay for assistant coaches. Now with NIL, he can pay for the player he wants. <laughs> he can write a check. The the Red McComb Foundation, uh, you know, I have some insight on that. It was in the billions of billions of dollars. And they set aside $2 billion earmarked for football. It cannot be used, those $2 billion cannot be used for anything else other than football. So Sarkeesian can dip his hands into that fund at any time. And it's not part of the general fund. It's not part of the operating budget for football. It's it's for making sure Texas wins. So, but it's like the New York Yankees have an unlimited budget, but they don't win the World Series area. And it's because, and this is what Pac-12 administrators way over their head, Adam Gleck and I watch more football than the people making decisions. Okay. And we know more about football than the people making decisions, administrators, and all these people who all they care about is golf. Literally, the Pac-12 was on the line. An administrator refused to leave the golf course, was on Zoom, right? <laughs> making huge decisions. Because that's all they care about. Okay. Now, we don't make the rules. We just follow them and watch them. That gives Adam and I an edge making money when these people don't factor in, right? When you're looking at Texas. So Texas, week two, goes to Alabama. First of all, they get returned 10 on offense, 6 on defense. How's Sack managing the roster? 101 starts on the offensive line. That means they can control the game on the offense. And these are all primo five-plus stars, right? Yeah, Getting they return every good. offensive lineman from last season. Uh, how much is the uh, the training room? How much did it cost in Texas? Who knows? But they have all, as you said, they have everything at their disposal. Right. You know, they have every single advantage. They have nutrition. They probably they spend five million dollars on nutri- on food, just on food for the football team. Five million dollars. So they should be ready to go. That that game against Alabama, he has to not kill his team, right? Alabama doesn't want to kill us. They don't want to just have it be such a, a brawl where the players are hurt for the rest of the season, especially the core players. So they're going to play vanilla. What does that mean? Nineteen seventeen under. Last year, I see the same thing happening at Alabama. It's going to be global warming, 100 degrees on the field, humidity. Uh, let's say because the Oklahoma game, because that's a big game, October the 7th, Red River rivalry, 
for the alumni, for Red McCombs and all these people who died, but his estate, his kids, uh, you know, Texas has a, let me look at it, because this is important for Adam, that Texas Longhorn Network, $31.9 billion endowment and money around Toronto, <laughs> just, just for the University of Texas. So that Red River game is huge. That's the first thing they told him when he got the job. Hey, Red River, you throw the kitchen chick at that game. So he has so a guy who's has 50 snaps on the defensive line, right? In the Oklahoma game, it's only gonna have like 20, 25 out of the Alabama game. Then the backup is gonna come in, but they have a lot of depth, right? Let me know. I'm just throwing things out at Texas because you're the expert on Texas. I Let mean, me know what I'm wrong. No, no, you're right. I just Texas returns a lot, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Right. They have big weapons with, you know, their star All-American Xavier Worthy back. Uh, right. Their tight end, Jatavion Sanders, who was absolutely phenomenal in the second half of the year last year. Uh, right. they The biggest piece that they lost is Overshawn from the defensive side of things. And that's right. my question with them. If I had a concern going into this season is the secondary position. Are they, do they have enough playmakers in the secondary to, you know, stop opposing offenses. And it's really going to put a lot of pressure on Jaron Thompson and Jade Barron, who will right. be a few of their veteran safeties. But again, you talked about they're all veterans. They've all been there. There's a very deep team, a very older team that usually sometimes don't see from the Longhorns. Quinn Ewers is back. He had a year under his belt last year, kind of go through some of the growing pains that they had. So there's just a lot of positive trajectory. And as you talked about, two-year recruiting cycle with Coach Sarkeesian, there's just a right. lot of things that really point in Texas's favor, and I'm not even trying to be biased here. It just no. I feel like this is the year. Still have number one. I got him number one. Yeah, and and we're just you know they're not even the Big Twelve. There's not really a star team like you know TCU. Incredible story, but I doubt there's going to be a team like that this year in the Big Twelve. So that's why I really think Texas is the clear cut favorite to win this conference. And we'll get into this win total, uh, but it is definitely a win total. I would heavily look at, and uh, I don't have a clear feeling, yeah. though, on it. I yeah, think yeah, it's going to yeah. be right at the cut line of nine or ten. Sorry, what What is the total? Nine and a half. I think they're either going to win nine games or ten games, so I don't really have a clear play here. Alabama game is going to be a field goal game like it was last week, 1917. And again, the 425 defense is important because anybody that comes out of the Belichick, Satan, Tree is going to run the 4-2-5. And the problem is the secondary. So what does that mean? The strength is a defensive line. From what I'm reading from what I saw last year, they're going to get after the quarterback, right? They're going to hit the gaps. And your defensive backs is going to play too high safety, keep things in a shell. And maybe throw some confusion, maybe line up in man and then play zone. So what the the quarterback's confused for a second. Boom, here comes a defensive lineman right up on you, right? So that, that's going to be their defense. They have a really good defensive coordinator. And Pete Kozlowski, he's, you know, he's a Sarkeesian guy. He was with him at Washington. Uh, they all run the 425. He was with him at Alabama. 
learning the the Satan defense. Remember, Satan was a defensive back coach. That's why he, well, five of his guys on the on the field at all times. Five guys, you know, half the defense is uh, defensive backs. Uh, problem at Baylor, regardless of how good or bad Baylor is, guarantee you, Adam, you're gonna think of me, and everybody listening is gonna think of me when this happens. The game is gonna be. Uh, 13-7 Texas. Texas has the ball at the 25-yard line, and they're going to break a long run for touchdown. Then suddenly, oh, oh, late flag. Wait a second. That flag was way late. The kicking team was coming on the field, and the flag's late. Holding. Let's look at the replay. Oh, my God. He, he was two yards away from him. How did he go holding on that guy? <laughs> because these Big 12 refs are taking a pay cut now. Is he is going to be a big fluff? Where the Pac-12 refs are going to go? They don't know. They don't want to go to Waco. They they live in Portland and they've been doing the Northeast games for twenty years. The last thing that he's either going to retire or saying, "Hey, I'm going to go. I'm I'm only going to do games, home games for Oregon and uh, Oregon." So the refs are pissed. Uh, the Baylor alumni ship enjoying handing you know hundred dollars bills to the refs that holding call, that's going to be a problem. And that's going to be a trend we're going to be seeing, especially in the Pac-12. Right? We're going to see that. We can see refs that are shady anyways. Uh, I remember being in the LA Bowl, and the ref was not even hiding it. He was going like this, and we saw the camera wasn't watching. He was going like this to the Oregon State crowd. <laughs> you know? It happens. It's not, again, it's immoral. And it's unethical for a ref to make a bad call on purpose. It's not illegal. So until they, they start prosecuting refs and making it illegal for a ref to do it, it, it sets a pipeline of business people who understand that, who, who want their team to win, right? So they don't have to build relationships with refs. What do you think, Adam? I agree. They also have been very unfavorable to Texas. If you watch every single game and every single oh, play the last few years, they know they know they're leaving this conference after right. this. Season. They're going to make it as hard as possible on them. That Baylor game is not going to be easy. That's why I just don't love their over, even though I right. do think they win this conference, because there are too many games where they could go either way. And there's going to be a lot of close plays that you don't want to rely on the refs to make the game winning calls. So you got to, um, you know, trust your team and just some tough road environments that we got into a little bit ago where he talked about going to Waco, going to Fort Worth, going to Ames, Iowa. It's not going to be easy. And if you don't beat Alabama in week two, how the hell are you going to get to 10 wins and just avoid losing one game? in the Big 12, which is always difficult no matter how deep the conference is. In the Oklahoma game, they're probably going to be second, battling for first. That game, it doesn't matter who, what record they are. Uh, That game is always a toss-up at 50-50. I remember when I was there, I mean, you would – Texas one year was like one and four going into the game, and Oklahoma was ranked top ten. They upset them. It's gone the other way before. It's just always a crazy game. Um, so that game's honestly a 50-50 game. There's too many games where I think they could lose. Kansas State's going to be really good in the Big 12. I know it's in Austin. Well, well, this, this is not to be conspiratorial, Adam, but I'll ask you this question, right? I'll, I'll set the stage. I'll ask you this question. At Houston, right? We, we see it with Trump, whatever you believe. It's not a political show. We don't talk religion or talk. 
But we all can agree that most billionaires think they're above the law, right? Like Trump, they're above the law. They can do whatever they want, especially in the state of Texas, all right? Where you do have a class system there. At Houston, the Fertetta family worth $30 billion. They own the Palms. So how can you own the Palms and also own the Houston Rockets? Figure that out. So they 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 paid their way into the AAC. They, the, I read the story on how the Mean Green Stadium got built in Dallas. Fertetta wrote a $100 million check. Boom, boom. <laughs> still the same. Because he graduated from the Mean Green. The other brother graduated from Houston. He's on the Board of Regents of the state of Texas. I mean, how can he be? Okay, whatever. He graduated. He has. He's on the Board of Regents of the state of Texas, right? Protecting Houston and his brother. We graduated from the Mean Green. He graduated from Houston. He's on the Board of Regents of Houston. He's paying for the program. This game is at Houston. He's, he's been rumored of paying off NBA refs. Why would he not pay off Big 12 refs in Houston under the Texas jurisdiction where he's part of the law enforcement government process there? <laughs> yeah, not going to be easy. I do think Houston is really bad, so hopefully they'll just be that much better than them. Yeah, uh, they'll just cover the spread for us with those calls because you know, he's going to have to take his – this is the last chance for Teta has of taking his anger out on the University of Texas. Yeah, no, so I do like Houston spread whenever that comes out in that game, but I think Texas should beat Houston. But the thing that I was alluding back to is just the the road games, TCU, Iowa State, and Baylor, oh. and Oklahoma, and uh, Alabama, and technically Oklahoma. So that puts you at five games where you could lose. And Believe yeah. me, there ain't any calls at Alabama, especially uh, – Alabama and people griping, they didn't get calls. They were, yeah. you know, they didn't get calls. They got a hold of they, what I said happened happened in, in Texas that uh, Alabama had that long run called back by holding calling. They'll return the favor up there in Birmingham. <laughs> <wherever they're laughs> Legion Field. Yeah, so those those five road games are gonna be brutal. But I think Iowa State game is gonna be it that Iowa trade you want to talk about uh problem Ames, Iowa. Uh right before Thanksgiving, you know. Uh Sark, I don't know. You know Sark. Is he that kind of intimidating guy where a guy won't talk to an agent late in the season because he's scared of Sarkeesian <laughs> and uh the private detectives like they are of Nick Saban or uh, Kirby Smart, those type guys. They have that tight grip on the program. I think that's going to be a problem against Iowa State, you know, just staying focused right before Thanksgiving. And then Texas Tech at home, they'll be fine Friday night, you know, because it'll be a home game in Austin. Senior night, they'll be fine. But Iowa State, uh, they're not going to get the call. They're going to get a holding call <laughs> to bring back a touchdown. You, you it's know, going to be cold. It's going to be very it's cold, be cold there. So I think that's a problem. So if you're going to do it, I say – uh, I think they're still going to win the Big 12 because there's going to be a lot of losses. There's going to be a lot of carnage in the Big 12 this year. Because yeah. Iowa State coming back after a two-year cycle. We'll get into them. They'll get their wins. They're not going to win anything, but they'll get their wins, especially at home. Uh, BYU, BYU, again, should be legislated, right? They got eight-year seniors. We'll get into that. <laughs> they're a professional team, right? You know, a guy goes through on a two-year mission, 
He gets the COVID year. He gets a redshirt year, right? He's a professional player. He's he's almost in his late twenties, you know. So that's going to be tough. They're going to beat up the league. They might not win because you know not talented, but they're going to beat up a lot of people. And then the next week they'll lose. I still think they get into the Big Twelve championship, but nine nine and a half. I would go under because I see yeah. I see three losses. I I don't mind it. Um, I don't feel super strongly either way. But if I had right. to bet it, I would definitely favor the under just because the schedule is not easy and I'm just banking on them losing to Alabama because who other than, you know, maybe LSU or Auburn every once in a while, who goes right. into Tuscaloosa and beats Nick Saban and company. So I'm just going to, I think right. it's a close game. I think it's going to be a great game. Definitely a must watch. They could easily win, but I do think similar to last year, Alabama just makes enough, enough plays at the end to win that game. So that puts you where you have to, you know, only lose one more game the rest of the year. That's not easy. So, right. And they're not going to be full rotations until the Oklahoma game. I yeah. think that's standard. I think every coach has done that. Yeah. The uh, biggest yeah. thing with Coach Sark is winning the Big 12 this year. Uh, right. As much as he would love to beat Alabama, it is not his yeah. number one priority. So he will have everything ready at his disposal for the Baylor game in Waco, but he's going to save that until that game. He's not going to use it you know, against Rice, Alabama, and Wyoming. That's just not what's going to happen. But again, yeah. Saban's not going to use everything against Texas either. But as you talked about, that that under the with the four two five defense, I love the under. Yes. Uh, the line might have come out. I don't know. But uh, last year, Texas lost 21-20, I believe was the score. It's going to be right. a defense battle. A lot of people think just because Texas, Alabama, you had the brand name. So the betters make the mistake. We're betting on fireworks. We'll take the over. No, it's going to be the under. What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. These, these, they, they think long term. They want the team to get better as the year goes along. The fireworks you'll see at the end. Uh, so that's Texas. Yeah. Very excited about Texas. They're going to be an exciting team. Once they, they play Oklahoma and later on in the season, that they're going to be, you're going to see a lot of uh, fireworks, as Adam said. With, with Texas, they're going to be fun to watch, fun to bet on. Bet the unders on the total game totals at the beginning of the season, then bet the over later. Uh, Brett Bettables. And th- we talked about it last podcast. We talked about it, uh, how, you know, helping young people in business and reading people, Right. You got to know the measure of the man. And we talked about corporate governance. We talked about uh, fundamental analysis, how people have never made, gotten rich with technical analysis. They've gotten rich with fundamental analysis. And one of the top tenets of fundamental analysis, when you hear fundamentals, when you hear it on CNBC, but this is what they're talking about. One of the big parts of it, and I'll put the five tenets on the episode notes, but the biggest one for us, betting these games, it's corporate governance, right? It could be the GM, the general manager, the coach. Here, the coach has so much out, you know, control. Texas is still being run by Bob Suits in the background. But Brent Benamos, to explain it to people, he's Mike Pence. Right. Mike Pence is a dead man walking, thinks he's gonna thinks he's gonna win the Republican nomination. He has no chance. Everybody knows he's a joke. They were talking about hanging him, right? Uh, before, when I was young, it was Walter Marndale. He was the vice president of Jimmy Carter. He thought he was going to win. He got killed in a landslide. It's the number two. 
It's always bad to be number two. It's always bad to be the guy who replaces a legend, right? It's always bad. And Brett Venables is in that position. He really seems like a number two. Deion Sanders went after him, saying that he, you know, got uh, the keys to a Porsche and he crashed it. <laughs> he can recruit. He wouldn't be in his position if he can't recruit. He's a good basic coach, but the jury's still out on him. Uh, Dabo Sweeney assistant coaches have a 30% winning percentage. Uh, I had to deal with Jeff Scott over here at USF. <laughs> he was fired. Uh, Franklin in Virginia, disaster. Uh, at Arkansas, that dude got fired, right? So they haven't proven anything to me. Yeah, he can recruit. How hard is it to recruit at Oklahoma? And I'm, yeah, I was prepping for the uh, Pac 12. Uh, Coach. Lincoln Riley has won four bowl games, right? And he only beats Sarkeesian by lucky touchdown and just pure luck a few times. Uh, what's the total on Oklahoma, Adam? Same thing as Texas, nine and a half. Uh, they have an easier schedule looking at it. Uh, right. All four of their non-conference games, they should win, but they do hit the road twice to play Tulsa right. and Cincinnati. Tulsa's a rivalry game, um, but they should be Tulsa. Cincinnati at Cincinnati, you never know. Um, actually, sorry, Cincinnati is now in the Big 12. Uh, so it's right. now a conference game. So, but I do think I just I don't know. You know, I know Cincinnati's been good in the last few years, but this year they're not supposed to be very good. A lot of the, the four additions to the Big 12 coming over from the AAC, I think it's gonna be a tough first year in this conference just stepping you know up a weight class this is, so this is gonna be the problem and we'll get into it uh ucf at home because of the heat and humidity and global warming and just the way florida's an island that heat and humid the water temperature in florida where my dad lives broke the record for being 110 degrees in the water I'm about to go cool off in the water. <laughs> but because it's a golf enclosed, the heat's going to be tremendous. And that's going to be an uh, unfair advantage for UCF at home. And if people have heard me and they bet on it, they've made 80% Florida second half lines. <laughs> people are still having factored in. Hopefully they still don't. And we make a ton of money every year betting those second half lines and betting upsets that sometimes shouldn't happen because the heat is such a factor with global warming is becoming more of a factor. But luckily Oklahoma gets USF at home. You see, uh, you can't finish university. Our rivals, <laughs> but we don't even play them anymore. We, you know, uh, we beat, we have a winning record against them. That's all we care about now. Uh, SMU, I think SMU could beat them. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, I'm going to look at the line. Uh, at Tulsa, Kevin Wilson is going to outcoach him. At Cincinnati, Coach Stutterfield from one of your favorite schools, Appalachian State. He did well at, at that program, doing what last with more early in the season. They're horrible, but it's going to be early in the season, and they still have that false hope left. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're thinking a win, but for us, covering Iowa State, Mr. Campbell, the week before Texas, 
is going to outcoach the man. Will he get a W? Who knows? They might they might win 10 and 9. Late late field goal by the backup field goal kicker because the current field goal kicker is in jail for gambling. <laughs> no, kid, or, he's in big trouble for gambling, for being an idiot. It's not just gambling, but filming yourself gambling and posting <laughs> Well, that's the thing with Iowa State. Um, as much as you know, maybe their environment and the way they play sometimes works in their favor. Hunter Decker's their quarterback right. on his team. He's not going to be their quarterback this year now. Right. Um, and you know, with this news coming out, you know, this late or right. you know, right a few weeks before really a season gets uh, going, Iowa right. State's in a whole bunch of trouble. I mean, they're yeah. going to be a mess. I do think later in the year they'll be able to figure out because I do think Matt Campbell's a good coach, but right. At least in the early part of the year, I would definitely fade them as a betting person. Big time, big time. Uh, then Texas, I think they're going to lose to Texas. I think even t- because of the coaching mismatch. I I love this under for Oklahoma. I love this yeah. under, big time, because it's just a lot of roadblocks. Gus Malzahn, Gus Malzahn won a national title as an offensive coordinator, played for national title that Nick Marshall team against Jameis Winston. They lost in the last play of the game. So they want to play away for him being a national title winning coach. He has a winning record at Auburn. Uh, he beat Nick Satan four times. Who's who's been Nick Satan four times? Yeah, Joseph UCF. He's doing good. You know, as much as I hate it, uh, that's going to be a tough game for them at Kansas. He's going to be out coached. No cost. What we got in the Lawrence for for Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State. That's a loss. Mullet hit. Only cares about this game and the reason Coach Gundy will get into them has ran his mouth because he feels he has a strategic advantage. He would have his mouth shut if he thought Oklahoma had a strategic, but he's going to hold uh, a lot of plays in his back pocket. And people can listen to the podcast I did with Vic Sheely, who longtime de- college defensive coordinator, uh, head coach at Houston Baptist, talked about you know coaches. He knows all the big coaches. Uh, he goes to all the clinics with them. He talked about coaches holding plays in their back pockets for certain games. Believe me, Oklahoma State is holding mm-hmm. everything with a kitchen sink for this, calling Oklahoma traitors, calling them hurting the state. They're really going after Oklahoma. And they won't do that unless they knew they were going to win this game. So that's a loss. West Virginia. Uh, possible loss, we don't know. Happy BYU, that's a loss. So I see almost three built-in losses, regardless of the coaching. And I see one or two more losses because of the coaching. So I wouldn't be shocked if they're seven and five. You yeah, know, and, you, and you and you could win if they win nine games. I don't know how you can't bet this under with Oklahoma. Right. And there's just too many question marks coming off of last year and their struggles and you know, uh one score games. They were 0 and five last year. Venables, you know, we know he's trying to, you know, give the reins to Jeff Levy, their offensive coordinator, but they lose Marvin Mims, who was arguably their best playmaker last year. Uh, Gabriel's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Uh, They're running back. He's never made it through one college season without being injured and missing. Exactly. That there's just too many uncertainties with this team where you can't just you can't tell me you're betting this over i love the oklahoma under so so far with the two top teams just shows you know the conference not that many stars uh powerhouses in it we're favoring both unders for my longhorns and the sooner so far so right 
Right. So what that means to us too is since we won the under, we can wait to the last week before game starts for for Teta, for some big time alumni, for either school to put big money on the over and have it be a 10, a 10, 11. I would love it to get the 10. <laughs> huh? I would love it if either of these got the 10. Right. First. That would be amazing, especially Oklahoma, because I don't love bending my teams under, but yeah. <laughs> you know, the the uh the the Red Red McCombs Foundation puts let's say a million dollars on the Texas over and pushes the line to ten. Love it. <laughs> Some big oil money coming in from Oklahoma. <laughs> Putting it up to uh ten. Love it. I I never like number twos and, he, and this guy's a number two venable. The Mike Pence of college football. <laughs> Number two getting beat up. Now, this guy's a great coach. Chris, Chris Kleiman. All of us, man. Remember, for years, for years, everybody in the sports betting community knew what they were doing. They were betting the overs in the Big 12. You can't do that anymore. There's more defense being played. And you always bet North Dakota's team in the FC, FCF championship to cover. This dude covered all the time, and everybody said, "Oh, North Dakota State should be in the Big Twelve, man. They got cheated. They they earned the Big Twelve over the Kansas States and the Iowa States of the world with that Canadian recruiting. Those, you know, high schools in Toronto and Vancouver have some decent players, right? And they all play for North Dakota State. Now they're playing for Kansas State because he's recruiting the same guys. Uh, he knows how to develop talent. So we talked about blue bloods and development, Oklahoma." Won a recent national title, let's say in the last 20, 20 years, there's always up top. Texas has won one national title 2005 with Vince Young. Then they went against Nick Satan 2010. Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt. They probably win that game. People don't understand that. Texas probably wins that game if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt early in that game. They still made a game of it late with, uh, with Gilbert, who uh, ended up not being that good. That tells you Colt McCoy probably win that game. Uh, this is a developmental program, and he is the high end of developmental. But with that said, he's in the first year of a two-year cycle. Last year was a big year for them. I don't think they can repeat the same thing. They're going to be solid all the way around. Uh, they're going to be tough in their home games. They're on the road. They're going to have issues because they don't have the – they're developing. They don't have the, the depth. And instead of the four two five, they run the three three five. Still, five up there trying to create a shell with two high safeties to keep things in front of them. Because they have to, right? They don't have the talent to play man to man defense. Uh, what's the total on Kansas State, Adam? Seven and a half. Um, you know, what's fine if we disagree, maybe a little bit. I love Chris Kleiman. I think he's a great coach, and sure. I. I know that there's a lot of turnover in this roster this year, but I do think that his track record and the talent that they do have this year is enough to get this win total over seven right. and a half. Right. Um, they, I mean, Will Howard, their quarterback, who's back this year, he's just getting better and better each year. And, and he's flying back. Yeah. And the, with, back. you talk about this too, like, Biggest thing I look for in college football team to be successful, their offensive line. And their offensive line is really, really good this year for Kansas State. Uh, they have the preseason All-American and Cooper Beebe. 
back for their offensive line. They do lose who we all know um, who was incredible last year, Deuce Vaughn, their star running back. That's a big loss for them, and they are going to have to overcome that. But I do think seven and a half looking at the schedule is enough to get this over because I can't see them losing just there's too many games where I think there's building wins. I think there's already five building wins on this schedule. And I think there's not one game where you tell me that they can't go win that football game. I think they're going to have a chance in every single game. They're going to lose a game they should win and they're going to win a game they should lose. Yeah. Uh, They always do. And I think we agree because I was talking as far as, you know, going 10 and 2 and maybe. Oh, yeah. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to make the 12-team playoff and they're, they're going to make the yeah. big championship no. game. I don't think they get there. I, I think Texas has has too much firepower. I think Oklahoma State might sneak in there. But to your point, the total over CMO. CMO is actually pretty good at CS. They should win that game. Troy is Troy's going to be tough. Troy is going to be a more talented good. team. Yeah. Bringing in, uh, you know, criminals, people who got kicked off SEC campuses, and now they're at Troy for the last chance. You, they're going to be more talented than Kansas State coming in there, and they have good coaching. That game would be interesting. At Missouri, going to be tough. UCF, UCF is going to have more talented team, and they have a coach after the bye week at Oklahoma State. That's going to be a really good game. At Texas Tech, TCU, Houston. Texas, Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State. Injuries are going to be important. Make sure to have no injuries on the offensive line. But I, I do see eight wins. You can see eight and four. Yeah, I predict they go eight and four. Yeah. So I, I like the over seven and a half. You know, it's tough because the Big 12 is so, you know, you have Texas, Oklahoma will probably be the two best teams in the conference. But then after that, I mean, there's just a big log jam of teams that could all really carnage each other that we've talked about already. Right. Where you're gonna have to... they might be down, right? They mean five and five, but you know for a fact because of the coaching, the adjustment, they'll rip up four wins in a row, regardless of who they play. Yeah, and what do we know from last year about Kansas State? They play their best football at the end of the year. You right. look at that schedule in November. Obviously, going to Austin is very difficult, but Baylor at home at Kansas, no rivalry. Sarkeesian is not going to play all the rotation of these guys. Yeah. Iowa State at home. I think they win their last three games of the regular season. You're telling me that at in the month of November, they won't already have at least five wins? Like, come on. I think they get to eight wins at minimum. I, I, I like the over seven and a half. Listen, they're not going to win the Big 12 championship like they did last year against TCU. They're yeah. not that good, but they're right. good enough. You know, we're this is betting. They're good right. enough to get seven and a half. To exactly. Get exactly. We look at it slightly different to make money. That's what we're here for. Uh, it's a business meeting Adam and I are having right now. We're making money, a lot of money, really, through the season. This process makes me more money than anything else. In the quiet, I just came back from the lake, sitting there in the peacefulness of the lake, processing information, like Adam mentioned in the last podcast, ahead of Vegas, ahead of other sports better, because we're competing against other sports better, Vegas, and by getting ahead of the game, Whichever way they go, uh, we'll make money because it's reality. You don't get to decide what reality is, unfortunately. <laughs> right? You have to process what reality is to get ahead of it, all right? to predict outcomes. 
TCU Horn Frogs. Now I'm biased because uh, Chance Nolan asked me for advice, and he has certain schools, and uh, you never give advice unsolicited, but this time it was solicited. But my wife, being a psychotherapist, you give people information and have them decide for themselves, right? And Chance Nolan decided to go to TCU. Yeah, he texted me. I'm having dinner with Coach Dykes. I'm like, all right, TCU. Uh, Kendall Bryles is the new offensive coordinator. At some point in the season, just because of the talent level. Um, and then when I post this on Twitter, I'll have a video of Chance on that. He's going to be the starter at some point. This guy was replaced last year as a starter. And uh, Coach Bryles likes to pull quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh What's the win total for them? Because it should be inflated with what happened last year. TCU's at seven and a half. Same thing with Kansas State. You got to go the over because Coach Dykes and Chance coming in there. Chance has a uh, he's eighty percent against the spread for lack of a better word. Chance makes it different because Chance has a rocket arm. The kid is he he's tall. He the way he has is a forward lean. He's about 6'2", 6'3". He can throw over the lineman, but he knows how to throw in between the linemen, and he has 4'5 speed, so he can run. Fast white guy there, 4'5". 4'4". Speed there. He can run and get you a first down, so he's going to be lights out. Coach Dykes knows how to make adjustments uh, late in the de- in the in the season. Uh, Joe Gillespie is the defensive coordinator. They're going to be more defensive team so like the under on game totals. Uh, so let me look at the schedule here. Colorado. I think low key, I think they could be seven and zero if things went all in their favor before right. going to um, Kansas State and Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, they probably won't be seven zero. Maybe five and two or six and one. But their easy part of the schedule quote-unquote, is definitely in the early part of the season. I do think this is another eight-win team, in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, over seven. Yeah, I think it's going to be Texas-Oklahoma battling for first and second, and then you're going to have a battle for third with Kansas State and TCU. And I think both teams will get to eight wins, but I do think Kansas State will get third because I think Kansas State wins the game in Manhattan. Right. Uh, if it was in Fort Worth, I think TCU wins the game. But as we know, in college sports, especially betting on them, you always got to favor the home team. I don't care if they're under-talented from the other team. Always favor the home team because and of these environments. It's systemic because uh, the alumni, and you see this in pro sports too, the alumni are donating millions and millions of dollars to fund this program. Now they're funding NIL. They used to fund construction. Now they're funding construction. And NIL. The refs understand who pays the refs. The refs get paid out of that fund. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? Especially now with the with the Big 12. With uh Big 12 doesn't have any money in the fund to pay refs. <laughs> they have they're paying Arizona State or whoever, Colorado. <laughs> so uh it's just a structural advantage, whether it's conscious, explicit, or subconscious. Right? Are really you're gonna call a holy call on Kansas State against TCU so they lose the game? Really? You really? And, and you want to get out of the stadium alive? 
you know, certain stadiums, you know, Rutgers, places like that. So big, huge advantage at home, uh, structural advantage at home, even though it happens. Uh, home team only wins 60% of the time, 55% of the time. But for us, the percentage is higher because we're talking about covering the spread uh-huh. and perception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Winning the game is, you know, subjective. We, we're looking at the spread and the perception of what's going on before the game. Home field advantage. All right. So, yeah, I, I'm i with you. I think, so they're, I think... 62, they're 62 after eight games. Last four games at Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor at home. Guess us to at least seven. Uh, and then they'll upset or beat either Texas or Oklahoma. They won't be both, but they'll upset or beat. I think probably at Oklahoma could be a I team. mean, I know Texas it's crazy, home. but I could see TCU getting the win total uh by the beginning of November right. if things go right. Not saying that they'll get there, but the schedule is much easier at the beginning part of the season where they could really stack up a lot of wins. Colorado is going to be improved, but it's at home. They smoked them last year. There's going to be a lot of hype around Dion and the Colorado and you know, Bring it I, up. so I can bet my TCU. Exactly, that line's going to be cooked into that spread, even though the talent yeah. shouldn't really be there at this he, point. Dion is not playing. Exactly, he's not playing. And <laughs> remember how bad Colorado was last year. So, um, I they're learning a new system. Game. They don't even know how to line up. You're going to yeah. see Dion on the field, defensive coordinator on the field, telling players how to line up because they don't know how to line up. Yeah, and the bottom of the Big Twelve this year is really bad. Right. Uh, and you're you're gonna see that. No offense to Houston. Houston Fifty new players from after spring practice from yeah. summer <laughs> in portal. How are they not gonna know how to line up? And TCU gets a bye week, basically playing nickels. So that's two and oh, three and oh, SMU and Fort Worth. I think that game could go either way. We're at last week. West Virginia's not good. Right at home, they should handle West Virginia pretty good. At Iowa State, Iowa State is in shambles. You know, and then BYU, BYU is in, you know, their cycle again because in Kansas State. So BYU, Kansas State, they split right there. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So yep. you're right. You know, <laughs> boom, Texas State, you're eight. So you're just going to need one win out of Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor's your win right there. Boom, the te- Baylor's your eight. Yeah, I love this over. And uh, the price is a little better uh, if you're betting the Kansas State or the TCU over. So if you're only going to pick one between the two, I would definitely favor TCU because on my book right now, it's at minus 145 instead of the minus 170. And I think TCU has a better chance to win eight games than Kansas State does, if you had to ask me. Chance will be starting in chance has a winning record as a quarterback at Oregon State, right? Oregon State's not world beaters. He has a winning record as a quarterback at Oregon State. Right. So I like TCU Horn Frogs in the over. They're going to be an exciting team. Defense is they're going to be more on the D. They have seven guys coming back on defense. Joe Gillespie, all, they asked him last year, as brilliant as he is, as many schemes as he is, they asked him last year, just get us one stop. We just need one stop. We're going to win the game. This year, he's going to be more hands-on. Now they're going to protect the defense. On third and seven, they're not going to take a chance. They're going to run the ball, protect the defense, 
let Joe Gillespie's guys get after create turnovers, win games. Man, uh, did you watch the Big 12 media days, Adam? A little or, bit. Yeah, you probably got a credential to be there. Yeah, I wasn't there, but yeah, I could have gotten a credential if I wanted nice. to. <laughs> <laughs> I was in sunny California instead. So, right. No, yes. Yeah. Uh, Orinda's father died. So, my wife's a psychotherapist. When your main, one of your main, um, I forget, one of your main um, nurturers or people who you depend on survival dies. It affects people in different ways. I know when my mother died, I buried myself into work. And all I cared about was work or whatever. I had a friend who had a parent die and they became a drug addict for a couple of years. <laughs> people handle it different. Some people become alcoholic. Some people go into deep depression. I didn't like his body language at Big 12 Media Days. And he was talking about the, his dad's funeral. He found out he had brothers and sisters he didn't know about. So there's a lot of things going on in his head. They're not football related. You know, so how's he going to handle it? How's the team going to handle it? Uh, it's a big, uh, big question mark for me. You know, he's a great coach. I haven't seen a lot from Brett, Jeff Grimes. He's done good enough. Uh, he's a Royals Award winner in 20, but got through everything that happened in 20, COVID year, out the window. It was just such a weird year. Uh, new defensive coordinator is Matt Pondrich. Um, he was co-defensive coordinator at Oregon last year, and Oregon gave up a lot of points. Not sold on him. Big question mark with Baylor. Uh, they only returned 40 starts on that offensive line. Only five guys on defense, seven on offense. And the, Texas State is not going to be a gimme from the front belt. Utah, you got to think it's going to be a loss. They get a bye week with Long Island before probably losing to Texas and then at UCF. So you're looking at Maybe a one and three start before they go to Texas Tech. What's the total on them? What are you thinking at? Uh seven and a half. Uh Baylor. And I think they go <clears throat> they go under the total. We talked about TCU and we talked right. about Kansas State. They're the same win total. Seven and a half. Well, guess what? We've both picked their overs respectively. Can right. all three of them go over seven and a half? Someone's right. gonna right. We didn't talk about it for the podcast either. We're organically. Yeah, organically. Uh you know, one has to go under, and it's Baylor. You I you talked about Aranda right. dealing with family and they everyone deals with it in different right. ways. There was tons of problems with this Baylor program last year. You add that on to right. the team this year, Blake Shape and their new quarterback still trying to get the offense underneath him but just unlike Baylor we've seen from the past last year they ranked ninth in the big 12 in the red zone offense which is just so unlike them from years past they just don't have a lot of depth and recurring talent coming back this year as you mentioned I don't think this team's going to be very good I think they could spiral a little bit um, yeah I just, I'm looking at the schedule. Also, there's not enough cooked in wins for me to yeah. see how Baylor gets to eight wins. No. And when you start bad, right, anybody who's any good or anybody that was in the – because the way they have it, you have a list of recruiting, 
and if certain, certain guys in your wheelhouse, you like them a lot, one and three start, you're on the phone with them. Hey, man, time for you to transfer. Baylor's a sinking ship. Um, yeah. you know, they're probably going to get kicked out of the Big 12 because they don't have a, a big market and the new teams are coming in more, you know. So it's going to be that tough. That's going to be tough for them. Uh, at UCF, I know it's hot in Texas, but, it's just, you know, if you're, if you're like, how about this? They get Utah at home in week right. two. I don't think they win that game. <laughs> they don't win that game. Uh, Texas, Texas State's not a gimme. Texas State's a big game for Baylor. Huge game for Baylor. They have to win that game. Uh, at UCF, they're going to have problems in the second half. So the second half line, Texas Tech can beat them. At Cincinnati, it's going to be tough. Iowa State, who knows? Iowa State's going to be coming off a bye, which is going to be a problem for them. Houston, at Kansas State, no. At TCU, no. So that's almost five games right there, right off the bat, that they're going to have a hard time winning, Coach Miranda. So I love that under. Right after the podcast, first thing I'm doing is paying Baylor under. Yeah, I, I love this Baylor under. I don't see how they get to eight wins. No. No as way. long as they don't beat Utah in week two. If they beat Utah, we got some problems. But right. I do think Utah is a very good team, and they're going to contend near the top of the Pac-12, and they will beat Baylor with all the problems and the new players, too. It's only week two, so that's going to play right. in Utah's favor. So Utah has a veteran uh, offensive line, Cam Rising, veteran quarterback. If all else fails, he takes off and runs and makes those – um, Baylor defensive lineman tired. So there's no way they're winning that game. Uh, big problems in Baylor and Waco's a small market. So as they start kicking off teams off, off of conferences for being a small market, uh, yeah. Baylor, Baylor's top on the list there. Uh, Texas Tech, right? So Texas Tech, Joy McGuire is his year two in Texas. Uh, I follow this a lot. And Joey McGuire just doesn't register with me, giving a six-year, $226 million extension. Now, somebody who's near and dear to our heart is Coach Zach uh, Kitty. He's a Mike Leach guy. He's best friends with Clingsbury and Lincoln Riley. They all hang out together. And uh, six degrees of separation. Ben Rathlaff. The son of Allison Rathlaff, who we know and love. Ben used to come on the podcast and teach us the ERA from Zach Kelly. He's now the wide receivers coach at uh, USD, University of San Diego, where Harbaugh used to coach. He's the receivers coach. So we'll get, we'll get some insight as the year goes down. We get some really good, insightful texts from Ben Rathlaff, uh, who taught us the ERA that Zach Kelly taught him. Again, to your point, uh, and I think this is a middling team, even though Coach McGuire is good at roster management with 142 starts on that offensive line. So that means that six-minute offense with a running clock now, there's a two-minute, turns into six minutes. So you have a lead in the ball with six minutes left. It's going to be easier for you to run it out. 142 career starts on that offensive line. At Wyoming, Oregon, uh, Tarleton State which is a new program. They're already up there. I think they're maybe 10 years, Tartland State's been out there. At West Virginia, who sucks, 
Houston sucks. Baylor could be having problems at that point in time. Kansas State, maybe a loss at BYU, probably a loss. Then they get a bye week and TCU on a Thursday night. So that's a built-in win for them, right? 80% of home teams win, not necessarily cover, but they win the game on Thursday night. At Kansas, could be a loss. UCF at home, probably a win. Look for the over, right? Defenses are both depleted. Air raid teams, boom, over UCF. And then at Texas, it could be at Texas to try to get into the Big 12 title game. Yeah. Maybe not. What's the total on them? What do you think, Al? Seven and a half. They're a difficult team for me to read. I'm not super high on, as you mentioned, I'm not high. Yeah, I like Wyoming one, Tarleton State two. At West Virginia would be interesting. That would probably have decided. Houston three, three, Baylor four. That TCU game built in win probably five. So you can go. Yeah. I don't. I don't think honestly. I probably favor the under. I think they're seven and five at the end of right. the year. Um, they would have to beat. I think. I think they they're seven and four going into the Texas game, and they're going to yeah. have to upset Texas. But it's in Austin, and remember, they won an crazy yeah. double overtime game to beat us last year uh-huh. in Lubbock. So we're going to have that in our heads. It's senior day. I don't it's think they're going to win no that way, game. No way they're winning. Yeah, so I think I like the under. I'm not like crazy go bet this. Yeah, I I'm think I'm going to stay away from because I think this is one of those teams that could go either way. Where they can get lucky, they can hit the bounce of the ball, yeah. You know? Like that West Virginia game, it could be 24 24 in West Virginia with, you know, five seconds left, has the ball at the five yard line. They decide yeah. to go for a field goal. The field goal gets blocked and they run it back in for a touchdown and they win, you know, something like that. Just I do want to say, I do want to say week one, they're, they're going to win Texas Tech. They're going to win. But. Wyoming spread is something I will be on in week one. It is at Wyoming. They're going to be very improved. And as you know, as a better, a mid-major getting a power five team like Texas Tech into their home place uh, is pretty rare in this sport, especially in college football. And Wyoming has the pleasure of doing so. That's their Super Bowl. They are going to cover the spread. They might not win, but they're covering. Yeah, let me know if you want to do a Mountain West one. For sure. Uh, and they're going to be improved, too. Coach. I like Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming has a great coach. So regardless of the talent level that Wyoming has, the fact that they have a great coach, the coach has won national titles at the lower levels, means that with a whole year to prepare for Texas Tech, they know every single thing there is about Tech. I don't care yeah. if you have high school guys at home in the altitude <laughs> in Wyoming. That's a trap for Texas Tech right there. Huge trap, especially the next week they get Oregon coming back to Lubbock. I mean, they're going to be thinking about that game. Right. You can't play your guy who plays 50 snaps. He's only playing 25, 20, 20 snaps against Wyoming. That place is going to be on. I mean, you talk about, I think Wyoming's in Cheyenne, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that everyone in the in the city of Cheyenne will be at that stadium to right. watch that game. And, and surrounding areas, all the surrounding farms, holding yeah. it down. They're they're working half day on the farm, and everybody's gonna take a shower and go down. The, and if they can't get in the game, they're gonna be at the bar. 
They're going to oh, be rocking exactly. Texas Tech buses with Eddie Cohen. Yeah, I see the early line of 13. I love Wyoming love keeping that. within single digits. Oh, love it. Love it, 13. I'll bet it at 13 and wait for it to go to 14. Yeah, it probably does. Better. We're going to bet the, the, the name. They're going to bet the Texas Tech name, get it to 14. Getting me over that key number. Love that. Love that. See, this is making money, man. That bet, right, that we're making on Wyoming, the money is just as green as your Super Bowl bet. And actually, I would bet more on this game than the Super Bowl because <laughs> that's more of a sure thing. You know, because, you know, Anna Manon here being here in San Diego, we watch Wyoming every year. We watch we watched Adam and I for sure. What I know about Adam, we watched when uh Josh uh Allen was a yep. quarterback in Wyoming. <laughs> right. San Diego State had some line. really good games against Josh Allen. Was, yeah. San Diego State defensive line would be right on him. Yeah. He would go outside the pocket and make the play. So we knew about Josh Allen. So love that, man. We're making money. Wyoming. The Wyoming Cowboys. Another Cowboys, I think. Second year of a two-year cycle, I think this is your second team, maybe, in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, 129 career starts on the offensive line. Coach Mike Gundy is doing this for 20 years. Year was year one of the cycle. This is going to be year two of the cycle. He has the team the way he wants it. Uh, John Doe Clemens is your co-defensive coordinator. They returned seven off and six on defense. He did good in the portal. He lost some guys, got some guys. Uh, schedule looks good for him in the beginning of the season as he gets his team together. I see them being three at one. They don't ask you the total. I think they're here because I've been setting Oklahoma State. Coach Gundy. And again, body language. Coach Miranda's body language was bad. His was good. And he was running his mouth. He, he was trolling, uh, you know, talking a lot of smack, trash talk. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me what the Oak, what you think their record is. I'll tell you what their total is right now in Vegas. Right, right. So as Central Arkansas is true, at Arizona State, Arizona State has a new coach, Kenny Dillingham. It is a coaching mismatch. Uh, it could go either way, but I kind of favor Oklahoma State. South Alabama is a good team. They should squeak it out. Iowa State's a disaster. So they could be 4-0 going to Kansas State Friday night. They usually win 80% of the time on Thursdays and Friday nights, short week, Kansas State. Kansas State and coming State. off a bye. That Kansas State game is coming off a bye. Right. So you're looking at 5-0. Kansas could go either way. Mullethead usually loses a game like this because he's holding back plays for Oklahoma. <laughs> he kind of loses the, the Kansas game at West Virginia. West Virginia's not that good. Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati has a new coach, Starterfield. And I have insight on starter field. His everything's all over the place. So they're looking at okay, I get a mulligan my first year. So you can see Cincinnati go be like 0 and 10. Yeah. So that should be a win. And then Oklahoma, I think it's a win because he's throwing everything, the kitchen sink, he's making sure the rest are paid. I mean, he, he's doing everything he can to win that game. I, I don't I wouldn't even, you know, Oklahoma better bust in because if he's gonna stay. In a hotel in Stillwater, believe me, the lights are going to be out and they're going to be ringing bells at four in the morning. <laughs> you know, something to do in Boston. At UCF is going to be a trap after Oklahoma. I see that as a loss. I see that as their second loss. And then that second half, because November 11th, it's still going to be 85 degrees 
and a hundred percent humidity. Mm-hmm. Like Gus uh, Houston should be a win because Houston's not that good. You know, it should be an over game if we get, but Shaborn play. And then BYU is not supposed to be that good, and they're going to be at home. So I like a lot of wins for them. What's the total? You're going to be blown away when I tell you what their win total is. <laughs> I'm going to bet this right after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you are, because I'm about to say a crazy number. Six and a half is their win total. I agree with you. I don't know if they win that many games, but I do think they are the sleeper team if there is one in the Big 12. They're projected on a lot of people's charts in the middle of the pack of this conference. Oh. I think they'll compete near the top. Um, very disappointing year last year after a very fast start. Things kind of spiraled with the quarterback injuries and all of that. But right. second year, you know, recruiting cycle now with right. Gundy. He's a, he's just, I know, you know, how he's perceived and how he talks to the media can get a little overblown a little bit, but he's deep down. He's a really good coach and right. I think his team is going to be ready. They listen, the schedule is not easy, but there are no games where you tell me again, if I'm betting an over, right. I got to say how many cooked in losses are there. I can't find a cooked in loss on the schedule because I think they're going to have a chance to win every game. Obviously they're not going to, but right. six and a half, they just, they're going to win seven of their 12 games to win this over. Are you kidding me? And it's that plus money on my book right now. Um, this could be a big unit size bet for me plus with money? Oklahoma Whoa, State. What? Uh, I, the thing is. things a lot. Highest level of probability is 80%. Yes. But uh, statistics and analytics do not work in football. However, key statistics work. Like, if a quarterback can make three first downs with his legs, they win 70% of the time. You'll know within the first three weeks if this is hitting. Because Iowa, or Arizona State and South Alabama are definitely games that they could lose. But right. if they somehow if they can come away with two victories there, they would be 3-0. and This will easily go over. You're going to have to sweat if they lose a game between Arizona State and South Alabama. I would maybe admit that. But there's definitely a good chance and you're betting probabilities, as you talked about, that yeah. they're going to be 3-0 and after that slate of games. And if they're 3-0 and and they only need to win four more games to hit the total, I mean, I'm going to be in a really – everyone, you know, if you're listening, it's going to be in a very good place. And they play a lot of good teams, but looking at the schedule, guess who they get at home? A lot of good teams. Kansas State, Kansas, right. Oklahoma, you know – BYU even maybe could be okay. But guess what? They all get them at home. And then some of their road games, yes, UCF is not going to – probably that's their loss uh, if I had to pick one in the conference. But very winnable game against West Virginia. They're going to be beat up at their home. Very winnable game against West Virginia. Very winnable game against Iowa State, especially early in the season with all their problems. And a very winnable game late in the season against Houston, who's probably, let's be honest, might be the worst team in the Big 12, if not one of the worst – I mean, I just don't see how this team doesn't get the seven wins. This is going to be a huge unit size bet for me. This could be a max play, which I never do max plays on <laughs> win totals, but yeah. I'm in love with I'm this with at plus money. Um, I'm locking it in after this show. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. For me, we look at corporate governance and decision-making because they're going to make some close games. And this guy Mike Gundy, 17 straight bull trips. That shows you that when he's had bad teams, he knows how to make adjustments, go to the players' strengths, 
and win a lot of close games. Ten plus set. He's coached nineteen years, and he's had seven ten plus win seasons. That shows you what a good decision maker he is in close games. And guess right? what? They were they were bad last year. How many wins did they have? Seven. They still got that over, and I think they're going to be better than last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then again, his body language. You can see. You can tell the coaches. Coaches know, man. People, they know their team. These are professionals. These are guys making millions of dollars. Even guys that we say are bad, like Venables. Venables is a great coach. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame as a defensive coordinator. But when you're going in against another guy who's on that same level, you got to kind of look at who has the edge. You know? And past performance is not indicative of future results. However, he's still a young man. I see his <laughs> demeanor. He's living good. Uh, man, I'm betting this with Adam after this. I can't bet, you know, I started a year with a $100,000 bankroll. I'm not going to bet $25,000 on it, but ten grand might, might see it. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to do it right after the podcast. Too bad I'm not doing this live so people can do it live because yeah. the time and I are done, <laughs> that might be eight, right? <laughs> All right. Love that. Okay, here we go. You can't finish university. I'll let you handle them because I'm biased. I think they're okay. going to go 12. <laughs> um, uh, UCF, you, you, you know, South Florida, we yeah. hate them. You can't finish university. What are your thoughts on them? Good roster management coach. Won a national title, offensive coordinator, got to a title game as a head coach. 126 starts on the offensive line, eight coming back on offense, which is his bread and butter, seven on defense. What are your thoughts on uh, UCF? Yeah, they had a disappointing year last year. They lost a lot of close games. They were supposed to be better than they were. Obviously, they were supposed to be the two lane of last year. They even lost their bowl game to Duke, so they ended the year 9-5, which is not horrible. One of the worst teams ever in college football, and we had a high school cheerleader as our head coach, interim coach at the end, and we covered against UCF. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Exactly, and they almost, yeah, you guys almost beat them, which was crazy. You were like 30-point underdogs, too, in that game. Um, But those games are always... It it was an easy cover for other people who texted me and messaged me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I bet this... (laughs) But I I think they're going to be better than last year, but they're taking a step up in the weight class. And right. looking at the schedule, it's not the easiest of things. I just don't know how they're going to fare because they're not used to going week in and week out to road power five teams. Listen, the, the AAC is a good conference, don't get me wrong, but even the middle pack of the teams of the Big 12 are better than the middle pack of the teams of the AAC. That's just how it is based on, you know, the talent discrepancy. And looking at the schedule, it's not easy. Their total right now is at seven. And I would definitely favor the under because when it's at a whole number, as I talked about when we did the last conference show, uh, the AAC, when we did that one with you, right. is if it's a whole number, you I tend to usually favor the under because you could right. push and you still don't lose. So I like the under. They go to Boise in week two. Boise is definitely going, if we do a Mountain West show, I yeah. have winning the conf or going to the title game, playing Fresno State in the title game. I think they're going to be the top team in the Mountain West with Fresno. 
I don't think they win that game in Boise uh, on a Saturday you know, night in Boise, Idaho. Not going to be easy. They don't win that game. They go to Manhattan, Kansas. They're not winning that game. That's two yeah. built-in losses right there. They go to Kansas, um, Lawrence. I don't think they win that game either. That's three. I don't think they go to OU and win. That's four. Uh, looking at Oklahoma State, we talked about. I do think they beat Oklahoma State because it's a home. Texas Tech, I think they lose that game as well on the road. And looking at their home games, I think they win most of their home games. But honestly, I'm not like in love with either their over or under. I think they're going to end up with seven wins in my per- – I think yeah, they're going to go seven and five. They're not going to be uh, winless on the road. Because even after the Oklahoma game, yeah. you know, you can see Coach just bend down the hashes and making that Cincinnati game like the Super Bowl because Cincinnati's a beatable team. Yeah. You know, to get I think the they lose they lose four of their five road games. They win one, but they yeah. lose a home game where you think mm, they probably should have won. I don't think they go undefeated at home. I think they go seven and five and they push the over. So I would bet the but, under. And I got some insight information yeah. because I used to be on this. It's crazy because it was years ago. It was 2009. And still to this day, I have folks who are just lifers on the USF admin staff and USF game staff. It's been proven out. This is some inside information. Can't say who, but it's inside information. If you don't have 20 fans, on the sidelines of a game in against uh, USF or UCF, you can't finish university. Both teams are undefeated in, in those home games. So again, it's going to come down to the training staff. Is the training staff going to understand in the rotations and the defensive lines and the offensive line? Because those big fat off, if you have real athletic offensive linemen guys who are in shape. Or fat guys. If you have fat guys, you kind of have to take them out in the first half, give them breathers and stuff like that. So if the team doesn't know how to manage that late in the season, I think Oklahoma State, the reason they lose is because they would have played Oklahoma the week before through the kitchen sink at them. And they're not going to be a full team going in there. And then late in the second half, I like the second half lines. So those home games are going to be tough. That, that Kent State game, on a Thursday night, you got to see what the game, what the score is at halftime, and then pound. You can't finish in the second half or any Florida team. I don't care who they are Miami, uh, UCF, Florida Atlantic, FIU. I don't care what team it is. I lived in Florida for, I never, in 20 years, I never got used to the heat without global warming. Now it's hotter. You know, my dad says it's hotter when I went, you know, for some funerals. It was hot. It, it's ridiculous, you know, so. Uh, they they have an unfair advantage at home, especially in the second. So I think they get to seven, right? They don't get more than seven now because they're gonna get killed yeah. in the big. Iowa State. What are your thoughts on Iowa State? Seems like you have good insight on that. What's their total? Uh, Let me pull up their total here. Iowa State's a mess. Um, they have nobody returning on the uh, on the um. They have four starters, 86 starts on the offensive line. They need to get into the hundreds. Like, Texas, Texas is in the hundreds to start the season. Yeah. 
So the gambling thing is going to destroy him. They're not going to get calls from refs now because of that. Refs are allowed to bet. So refs are going to cover their ass. Why isn't there a law, Adam Glake, prohibiting referees from betting on college football games? (laughs) (laughs) There should be a law. There should be a ban. It is illegal for a ref, you know, and they want to cover their ass. They don't want to be part of this. They want to keep trying to keep the light off of them. Matt Campbell should have left, right? You would say he, not that he's overstated his welcome, is that a place like Iowa State's a time bomb. Nobody wants to go play at Ames, Iowa. You got to recruit a certain type of guy, develop him, and now you have something like this. Everything has to go perfect. So now you have this. You don't have your starting quarterback. Uh, what's the total on these guys? It's at five and a half. Uh, I like the under personally. I think they go five and seven. But, uh, looking at their schedule in the early part of the year, it's not the hardest of things, but there are definitely built in uh, or definitely games where I think they lose. I think they do lose to Iowa, even though it's a rivalry, could go either way. I think right. they could easily it beat Iowa at Ohio. They beat Iowa last year. I doubt. Coach yeah, friends for the Bill Belichick family making $5 million a year. His son is making $2.5 million a year as the office of mine. Office, and there's a lot of heat on that. They're like, we're paying all this money. <laughs> you guys can't even win the Big Ten or whatever. You guys are losing bowl games. This is a big game for the friends. He can't lose to Iowa State twice, two years in a row. I'm thinking for sure that when that Iowa wins, that has to win that game. At Ohio I, I like Ohio in this situation. Ohio keeps all their assistant coaches. They've been there 20 years. They're, they're going to – I like Ohio in this situation. Oklahoma State, they're not beating. At Oklahoma, no. TCU has better talent. Should beat them at Cincinnati, maybe, but it's going to be at Cincinnati. After Cincinnati comes up for bye, at Baylor. Baylor's going to be desperate for a win at that point, <laughs> right? Kansas is going to be a loss. At BYU's a loss, Texas loss, and I can't say a loss. So yeah, I, I, I love the, I love the under five and a half. I think they're going to be a mess, especially their easier part of the schedules at the beginning of the year, and there's going to be a mess going in because of all the problems that they have right now in their roster development. And Hunter Decker's, listen, he's an incredible quarterback. I thought he was one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Twelve going into this year, and then you know he's now out for the year because he's betting on his own team. I mean, I don't even know their quarterback room who's going to start for them. Right. Uh, Matt Campbell has all kinds of problems right now going into this year, and it's all happening during, you know, practice and training camp. Like, right. what kind of, you know, that that is the biggest uh, red flag I've ever, if I've ever seen one. And also, you throw on the fact that they play an in-state rivalry from an FCS conference where I think they could lose in week one into Northern Iowa, by the way. In 2019, they played Northern Iowa. They won 29-26 in triple overtime. In 2021, they played Northern Iowa. They won 16-10. to Northern Iowa gives them everything they can handle the last two times they played them in Ames, Iowa. Well, guess what? This is the worst Iowa State team they've played now in this their other every other year cycle. I think Northern Iowa could shock them week one. Uh, and we've seen Iowa State get upset before in week one. Remember the COVID year, they got upset to Louisiana. They get absolutely killed in week one. So I think they could lose that game even. 
Ohio is one of the best teams in the MAC. They're going to be one of my favorites to win that conference. I think they lose in a true road game early in the day on that Saturday. That's we talk about mid-major Super Bowls. That's right. one of theirs. Um, and then and they're not beating the Oklahoma schools. I think the Oklahoma schools are better than them. They're right. not beating TCU. They're not beating Texas. They're not beating Kansas. There's just too many built-in games where I don't right. even know. Yeah, they can maybe even get the three or four wins, let alone six, for you to lose this bet. I love under five and a half. Love that. There's some money, man. There is some serious money on these Big 12 totals this year. As uh, remember, Vegas, their job is to make money. They're they're people betting, you know, t-shirts and betting the past. If you bet the past, you will die in the past. I am with you on that. Just think about this, though. The t- every team that we've done so far in the preview, their right. win total has been higher than Iowa State, if that tells you anything. That means right. Vegas is predicting that Iowa State doesn't win any of those games. No. No. And their strength is their offense, and the starting quarterback's out. Yeah, and as we know, you can't win in football if you don't have a good quarterback. So They have the ball in their hands every play. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Uh, we'll go – you know, to respect your time, we'll go rapid fire on these last ones. Yeah. Uh, Kansas should be ahead of Iowa State. Not I like Kansas. I, the teams that we have remaining, I don't think will be good except for Kansas. I think they're doing good the things. Title at the lower levels. He won it. I think it was Wisconsin Whitewater or whatever. He's, mm-hmm. he won that. Those guys who win national titles on lower levels, they're great strategists. They know how to do less with more, with more and they figure out things as the season goes along as thinking about coach Mullahead Gundy that's what he does to be able to seven times win 10 plus games and 17 straight bowl he figures things out as the season goes along Lance Leopold knows how to do that we got a SoCal quarterback <clears throat> coming back uh, a lot of people thought he should win the Heisman last year they're going to win a lot of close games they're going to go over the game totals. Uh, Missouri State's actually going to be a game that's going to go back and forth. They're going to do well. At Nevada, you got to seriously look at that over. What's the, what's their win total for the year? Their win total is at six. And I know I said earlier that I like to bet when it's whole numbers, their team's unders. In this case, I think it's the exception. I think I like them to either get six or seven. I think this is a bold team. So you're not going to lose, in my opinion, if you bet to be over i no. think they're getting doable they're not going to win five or less games i think they're just too well coached their offense is really good they return a lot from last year light pulled i'm a big big fan of him um and jalen daniels i think he is going to jaylen be daniels. he's gonna be awesome they and they returned 17 starters from last year and their right. offense was really good last year right. uh, the question is their defense and we saw that in the Liberty Bowl or whatever you call it against Arkansas. They covered, though, they covered, covered spread. Yeah, the Kansas are covering machine. They win a lot of close games. Um, I look, I'm looking at the schedule. They have a lot of games where they're toss ups, and I think right. they'll do well in those toss up games. Decision uh, making, a good coach at the top wins yeah. close games. Like I, I'm looking baseball. at this like I I think that if you bet the I'm not crazy about them getting to seven, but if you bet the over, I think you're not going to lose. At worst, you'll push with six, in my opinion. Missouri like, State, they look good. Illinois at home, why not? Why not beat Illinois at home? They have a limited offense. And I know Nevada's on the road, but they've been a mess. 
the last couple of years. Right. They were horrible last year. At Nevada. Nevada is a developing team. I don't know the talent level at Nevada. BYU at home, right? Either way. At Texas, probably a loss. Yeah. TF at home, probably a win. Oh, at Oklahoma State at, at a loss. So they could be at the break, they could be four and two. You'll be looking good. Oklahoma lost probably, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State, that's five. Texas State, Kansas State, and Cincinnati. Uh, Texas State could be six, and then Cincinnati, seven. Yeah, I think you'll be at five going into the last three games of the year, and then at that point, you just need one to push, which right. is not losing, and there's definitely a possibility they could get two where you could win. Right. I think the, the over is the play with Kansas. Total, total. Uh, then after that, you got BYU. It's going to be a veteran team, tough team, first year in uh, the Big 12. So they're probably looking, oh, we'll take a mulligan this year. Uh, Built-in wins are Sam Houston, Southern Utah. Uh, that's about it. Iowa State, maybe three. Three built-in wins in the rest of the game. Sure, losses is going to be Oklahoma Probably Oklahoma State at Arkansas is a sure loss. So they have three sure wins and three sure losses and six toss-ups. What are your thoughts? I think they have the hardest schedule for a team that I've seen so far in the Big 12 conference. Um, They go to Arkansas for a non-conference game. That is brutal SEC territory. Uh, they they play Texas on the road. They play West Virginia on the road. They play Oklahoma State on the road. They play TCU on the road. They play Kansas on the road. They're playing a lot of really tough road games. My book right now doesn't have their win total uh, up there, so I'm trying to Google right now on I draft. Because BYU has a blind betting Mormon. You're Mormon. You're going to bet your Mormon school. <laughs> oh, it's five and a half. The religion it's with the most money. The religion with the most money per capita, and in total dollars is a Mormon religion. Yeah, and they so they're, <laughs> they're at five and a half, um, but they have a lot of gaps to fill. They do get Keaton Slovis uh, from the portal, who I think will be right. very good. Uh, Aiden Robbins, uh, another running back. So they did well in the portal, but their defense was absolutely horrible last year, giving up 29 and a half a game. Uh, I just don't think there's enough, you know, true consistent talent back for them right. to be successful and that schedule is awfully brutal i think they're going to go under the five and a half win total and uh i wouldn't even be surprised if um sam houston or somebody gives them a run from their money last year right. they played some games out of conference where they were closer than expected they lost to east carolina at home last year, they lost to Liberty. I mean, they they're just not that good of a football team. It's a transition year for me for BYU. Yeah. They're taking a step up in the weight class as well. No, and uh, Marshall beat Notre Dame last year on pick sixes. Slowest to try to get themselves in the NFL is going to try to take chances. Yeah, get two or three pick sixes and watch out. Uh, I love the under, and I love uh, you know I saw Mint Romney in Vegas betting fights. Uh, you know, he's one of the elders of the uh, top elders of the whole Mormon church. Him <laughs> and uh, Reed, who was a senator from Nevada, I saw him placing bets. So it's not against the Mormon religion to place bets. I think this goes to six a week before. 
and I'm going to bet under BYU. I think West Virginia is a complete joke right now. Neil Brown went from Troy, where he did well, and not done well here. There's only 3 million people in West Virginia. So there's more people between Adam, me in Orange County, Adam in San Diego. There's more people between us that live in West Virginia. Uh, It's tough to recruit there in Morgantown. There's nothing in Morgantown. Uh, He returns nothing on the offensive line. Uh, He loses first-round draft picks on the offensive line. Uh, They return six on offense, seven on defense. What's their win total? At Penn State, I think it's going to be, you know. Their win total is at five. I think they could be finishing last place in the Big 12. They have tons of question marks. They were five and seven last year. I don't know how they could be better than last year. Their defense was absolutely dreadful. 33 a game. Um, And built-in win, I see. And and that's the thing. And Dante still is one of their top defense guys. Yeah. Yeah, Dante still goes out. So it could be one of these things where they have a bad start, they fire the coach, and they lose all the rest of their game. I can see them losing all their games after the bye week at Houston on Thursday night. The Houston has an advantage. Short, you know, whatever. But they're coming off a bye. Oklahoma State, UCF, BYU, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Baylor. That's that's screaming at me two and four or whatever. At Penn State, they're not winning that. Duquesne, that's maybe your third win. Pitt, they're losing. Texas Tech, TCU, that has to go under five, five and a half. You get five. Yeah, no, no, it's five. So if you somehow, if they somehow get five, you push. I love this under. Um, I don't know how you can tell me legitimately that they're going to be better than last year with all the problems they have. I think under five is the move. They're probably going to be fighting for last place with the Houston Cougars, in my mind. And, you know, they're breaking in a new quarterback since Daniels left. Yeah. JT Daniels is a rice of all physics. All right. Then Houston bringing in 50 guys from the world <laughs> after spring practice. So it's going to be a hell of a hell of a fall practice that just started. Uh, GTSA, they're probably going to lose that game now, now that I'm thinking about it. At time to think, you know, process that at Rice against JT Daniels, not going to be good. TCU against my boy Chance, not going to be good. Sam Houston has a chance to beat them. They're not Texas Tech. They lost to them in overtime last year. They could be zero five going to the bye week. I think they could lose every single game. Obviously, they won't lose every single game, but their win total on my book is at four and a half. I don't know how they get to five wins. I love the under four and a half, um, but we have yeah. done a lot of unders with some of these bad teams in the conference. This time you want to stay away because they're going to be wild. Yeah. They're going to be wild. They could be, this is a team that could be 0 5 going to the break. And then, you know, coach finds out who all the better players are. You get a star and you just block and give him the ball and you win three games in a row. It's possible. So, um, but I think. With the teams that we've touched on here at the end, all of them are pretty bad. So you got to at least favor their unders. You might lose one, but again, right. here to make money, not win every single win total. So I think right. you will make money in this conference listening to us at the end of the day. And that's what matters. The big ones that we talked about were 
Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Oklahoma State's over. Iowa State's under. And if you go heavy on those and then you, you know, throw a unit, respectively, whatever your unit size is on the others, you're going to be good at the end of the day. I am not going to say the G word because you never do in betting, but you're going to be pretty good. Um, exactly. 52.5% is break even. Uh, 59%, you want to be sharp. And the uh, last five years, right? I'm around 68%. Uh, size and totals in college football and and the season totals close to 80 percent season totals you have inherent advantages and i was thinking about it. you have a lot of time to prepare right uh last name is cincinnati but cincinnati you can throw them in the same boat as houston same thing bringing 50 guys from the portal you know who knows what's gonna happen with these guys it's it's big question big you know, question I I don't know with Cincinnati. Uh, there's just they don't so... even have one built-in win. Miami, Ohio, and State. They have a more veteran staff that should beat them. Eastern Kentucky can beat them in a shootout. So they, they could go, you know, they could go seven and five will be the ceiling, or twelve will be the bottom. <laughs> yeah, and their win totals at five. Uh, I don't have a strong play either way. No. You know, when it gets to some of these bad teams. I don't love to throw that much on it because you yeah. don't know how bad they're going to be. You know, they'll be bad, but you don't know how bad. So um, make the piece on a piece of paper. And then at the end of the year, you find out whether you're right or wrong versus putting cold, hard cash, harder money on. Yeah. I do think down the road, they're going to be a very good threat in this conference, especially in football. But right, right. now transitioning to the big 12 this year with all the roster turnover, uh, definitely would fade them spread wise in the early part of the season, at least. Big time. Uh, Gibbs Setter feels good, you know, Appalachian State, but he can't, he's not a miracle worker. And then the inside on him, you know, very, very nervous. The whole staff is nervous. They're all you know, flying by the seat of their pants. It was a last second, um, thing where they were getting fired at Louisville. So before they get fired, they said the coach, you know, at, at Cincinnati. They're, they're calling recruits saying, hey, man, we'd love to see you in Louisville. Then the next day, his, we'd love to see you here in Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, final thoughts, man. We made money on this, man. Thank you for that Wyoming thing. It's a minute that Wyoming situation, <laughs> which I like a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun watching that game and making money off that game. Final thoughts, Adam Blake. Of course. No, Um. you know, as we do these shows, just gets me more and more excited for college football. It's getting close. I know. It's week zero, and the games might not be good, but guess what? There's games that you can bet on, and that is coming up pretty soon. Today's Tuesday. We're less than three weeks away from college football really kicking off here. Very exciting. And, uh, you know, every time now that I've been on this show, which I really do appreciate, is every time I'm on here, there's always one or two teams that I'm like, how did I not see that before? And I go bet on my sports book right after. And that's what I'm going to do with Oklahoma State. I can tell you that right now. Big time. And I got my notepad with me right here. A bet I'm playing right after. Because people make this mistake in the Pac-12 administrators made this mistake. They get caught up in a bubble. They get stuck in their own head. They're not talking to anybody. They're not collaborating. They're not going through a process. And they make bad decisions, which is fine with us. We'll leverage their bad decisions. And there are going to be good games. For you and I, they're good games. Because we watch the games for sports fans. We understand marginal utility, right? All these guys are good. 
You know, people get caught up in titles and names. Hey, look at the NFL draft. Late in the first round or the second draft, there's always one, two, three, FCS. It used to be Division Two guys drafted. It means these guys are good. So there's going to be a lot of good games. There's going to be a lot of FCS upsets. You know, it's going to be, we're going to have four TVs. And then there's an upset, FCS upset. We're going to change one of the TVs to watch the last five minutes of that game. <laughs> I, know. Wait, I can't wait for week one, early okay. September. All right. We always close with Winston Churchill. We give all the picks out for free because there's a $134 trillion market. There's money for everyone. The sports betting market, I had, um, I'm going to repost it because. It's one of the better interviews I did with the CEO of EA Sports. I I couldn't believe I got that, that interview. And we were talking about the sports betting market. I said it was a, a trillion dollars. He's like, no, it's a 970 billion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It's a trillion in my budget. <laughs> but he's precise. He, that's why he's the CEO of EA Sports, which is huge. Uh but we give everything away for $334 trillion market. Sports betting is $970 billion. Adam might just need a billion. We're fine. Well, they can pay us out. <laughs> right? So we give everything out for free, no charging. Because we'll, uh, and stay after me for like two minutes, Adam, I want to confer with you. Uh, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what? you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network.